vegan hawks. That's great. How are you, Mike Keller? <laughs> that was the inventing Anna um, accent. Vegan hawks. Um, I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. Wow. You're in a mood. You're in a mood. I'm just reflecting your mood. Oh, no. I'm okay. I'm happy that we're here again. It's been a while. We had a Has little bit it? of a break. I mean, Time I is a flat circle. I don't even know what's going on anymore. We never really have a break in the no. vegan hacks calendar world, but it's a nonstop hackathon. First of all, we're going to do an introduction because I have a bunch of audio from my quote unquote TED Talk thing. Oh, cool. Your <laughs> your Jason talk? Yes, so if you really like the sound of my voice or the sound of my voice makes you go to sleep, this might be the perfect episode for you. Admit you have voice groupies. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, I have this thing I did that sort of just talking about what I do. Uh, it was sort of a, I don't know, a training group for activists. Oh, Here's my TED Talk. So thank you all for coming back. We've got Jason Cartalian, who's a filmmaker. He loves to, um, his love of storytelling with his vegan lifestyle to create Vegan Hacks Pod, cast on social media space. His videos have garnered millions of views on TikTok and Instagram, showing cutting edge vegan recipes, vegan restaurants, new plant-based products, and bringing a light to ethical and intersectional concerns. Jason works every day to promote and celebrate a plant-based lifestyle. He also created and hosts the weekly Vegan Hacks podcast. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. And Mo and I met on TikTok. <laughs> we, felt, we met and fell in love on TikTok. So, uh, uh, and, and I think we basically joined TikTok almost at the same time, I think. So yeah, so my name is Jason Cartalian. Uh, you know, I don't know, you might have seen some of my videos. Uh, I'm, I'm on both Instagram and um, on uh, TikTok. I, I consider TikTok sort of my home because that's sort of all where it kind of all started. Well, the madness started there. It begins probably a lot where where a lot of people's stories begin um, during COVID. You know, we're sort of all shut in and thinking about what we're going to do. Um, as a filmmaker, you know, I make films in a communal way. And uh, that whole communal setup and situation was kind of out the window. So <laughs> I got to a point where like, I wanted to do something creative and I also wanted something to do to uh, bring in my vegan lifestyle. I've been vegan for over 12 years. And I, had a f I have a friend named Mike and we decided to put a podcast together. And so we just wanted to talk about different vegan subjects, vegan clothes, different restaurants we went to, kind of casual, fun podcast. And uh, we weren't getting a lot of viewers, so I thought, okay, well, let me go on TikTok, and let me go on Instagram, and I'll just maybe make a few videos. And then I realized that there was a lot of power, a lot of really interesting energy that was emanating from these platforms. As a filmmaker, usually you make a film, you spend months, years working on something, and then hopefully you get people to say, oh, it's a good you know, film, or this is a great review, or people say, you know, maybe you win an award. But on social media, you put something up, you get immediate response. 
as a filmmaker that wants to project a message, I find that kind of very inspiring and exciting. So I was sucked into this world of creating for this platform. Now, I, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. It's a suburb of Los Angeles. Uh, my father was a character actor, and he was actually in a lot of movies. He was in Outlaw Josie Wales and Cool Hand Luke, and uh, and also he was uh, on t- TV. He was on Friends. My mom was also a very creative person. She she made jewelry, and I remember selling jewelry at Renaissance fairs as a child, as like you know teenager. And actually, it's interesting because you know growing up in the seventies. There was a kind of a counterculture movement going on that involved things like alternative diets, uh, you know, different kind of lifestyle, uh, bringing in Eastern um, beliefs into the Western culture. And I got little tastes of that, even selling jewelry at Renaissance fairs and doing things like that. I've I've led a many a multifaceted life as a filmmaker. As a filmmaker, a lot of times too, I've made features, I've made documentaries, I've made a lot of different projects. But sometimes that doesn't pay the bill, so I got involved in working in advertising. I worked in infomercials. I worked in editing, and little did I know that all of these things that I worked on, all these things I dabbled in would be utilized for what I do on these social media platforms. And uh, anyway, so I, I want to talk a little bit about my, my, my vegan lifestyle or how I started becoming vegan. Um, basically, you know, I, I, as when I was like 18, 19, I kind of made a health choice not to eat red meat. And I don't know why, maybe it, for some reason, I, I, I maybe deep down inside I knew there was something not right about eating red meat or eating meat. And then little by little, I started learning a little bit more about factory farming. I learned about uh, ecological concerns. I learned about all sorts of things that went from like maybe a health situation to I don't want to eat meat because of ethical concerns and because of the way animals are treated in in our society. When you choose to be vegan, you, you choose to be different, especially in our society, in our world. And I've always kind of been a different person. I mean, hopefully more and more we rally together, we create communities. I've always been kind of pretty solitary in my veganism. In fact, I'm, I'm solitary in my veganism in my family because my family is omnivores and I'm, I'm, I'm the only vegan in the family. Uh, however, they eat a lot of vegan food. We share a lot of vegan food. I do a lot of vegan cooking for my family as well. I wanted to do this um, promotion of this podcast and I decided to go ahead and like repurpose little segments and then put them out onto TikTok and Instagram. That didn't really work very well. I realized I had to create my own content. And so I started generating content. I started doing things like putting out cool videos of food I would make. Uh, my, my wife makes really amazing Korean food. So we would do like interesting things with Korean food. But then I realized that a lot of people were doing things with Korean food. Like what makes me different? What makes me a, a different person that can 
create videos that are maybe singular that are like, okay, that's something different. That's is put it projecting my personality out into the world. And, uh, I started to do stuff with voiceover because I can do things like voiceover. I can edit, I can do things using my filmmaking superpowers to create stuff like this, you know, to create little quick videos, really quick clips to make people inspired about different things. Now, um, you know, my channel's not just for vegans because I feel like, I guess part of being an activist is to not vent within, within a small group. It's, it's to actually spread, <laughs> spread the message. And, and my message, you know, starts with the taste buds, you know, you grab them by the taste buds, maybe their minds will follow. And so I, I, I feel that my audience is people that are learning, uh, they're transitioning, uh, they're vegan curious, and there are also some vegans as well. And, and I think that when even large culture goes ahead and adopts vegan things, you know, some people may say, oh, this is greenwashing that KFC is using, you know, beyond nuggets. I, I choose to use these things to promote veganism, plant-based lifestyle as a message that, that yes, we're moving the ball forward as larger societies start, starting to adopt plant-based diet. To me, that's my message. It's a pragmatic message. Not necessarily embrace corporate, corporate culture, but be aware that corporate culture is watching us and, and we can hopefully move and push, uh, our, our concerns. I, I decided to go ahead and make these kind of quick, interesting videos, but I thought that like the thing, the thing that was interesting was I felt like within this platform, people have a very, very limited attention span. So I was thinking it's important to make videos like within the 12, to 15 second length in duration. When it came to recipes, I felt like when I was doing recipes, I wanted these vegan recipes to be as simple as possible and easy to follow. So they would be something that someone would see and be inspired to try it or be tr inspired to make something. Also, I mean, there is that relationship I have with corporations as well, where um, I have no problem like recreating a certain recipe, like uh, everyone was talking about, oh, just egg. You know, let's make some just egg. Now, first of all, just egg is made is they is use they use a plastic container for just egg. Just egg was tested on animals. Just egg is made in a factory that processes animal eggs. Uh, so you can make your own just egg with mung beans. And so I tried to reduce to a point where you can make just egg with just a blender, water, and soaked mung beans and seasoning. But but being able to reduce that and, and just, first of all, giving, giving the audience power, telling them that they can make just egg with just a blender, soaked mung beans, and then also teaching them about just egg, the fact that their, their bottle is not sustainable, 
that they're um, and, and also also instructing them like like my, my thing is like, OK, yeah, if you need an egg replacement. Just egg is so much better than factory eggs, you know, number one, you know, supporting the fact that you're making a better choice by grabbing the just egg, but also empowering people to, to go ahead and blend their own mung beans and make just egg. So the idea of giving people power and also I sort of look back and thinking like, okay, there's a lot of young people on these social media platforms. Let's make stuff in an air fryer because maybe that's their only source of heat. Maybe make stuff in a microwave, you know, and do certain things that, uh, uh, you know, if they were in a college dorm or if they're just starting out and, you know, you give them accessible, interesting ways to make you know, delicious tasting food. The other element is to understand that something like just egg is not just some kind of modern recipe, that it's also something that has cultural significance. Blended mung beans is a recipe called mung dal in India. Also, it is used in Chinese and Korean cooking. So the ability to understand that there's, you know, there's an element of cultural appropriation within the vegan food space, and we can identify it and celebrate these cultures in our way too. But, but yeah, the idea of being able to demystify recipes, you know, I see something delicious, uh, veganizing meat recipes. Also, the other thing too, we were talking about, I don't know, Mona Mo was talking about uh, going viral, is a lot of times I'll see viral videos in the mainstream food space where they'll take animal products and do viral things with it. And then what I'll do is I'll go, okay, well, let, we need one for the vegans. Let's make a vegan recipe. And which has led me to do all sorts of crazy things with tofu and different foods and make, making bacon and all sorts of crazy recipes. Um, and, and those things like, okay, so, so like, for, for example, there was someone taking a chicken egg and grating it over their avocado toast. I'm like, okay, well, I'll grade hard tofu over my avocado toast and I'll figure out ways to take a viral thing and and most likely when you take a viral thing and you give it a little spin that will go viral as well in the in the food space at least and then when it comes to let's say uh going viral per se um i think that the important thing as a, i mean i think the only ethical you know the the the, the way to do it uh is to really Back up your beliefs in the comments section. And I'm not saying go after the trolls or, or attack people, but try to give them real information. You know, when they talk about, oh, how destructive the, you know, the soy crop is, most of the soy is used to feed livestock. Informational, trying to get too angry at the trolls. I understand too with trolls, a lot of times they're coming from a place of pain. So uh, the best thing for us to do is to just be as instructive as possible, don't try to take anything personal. Uh, it's social media, you know, this very low bar. You know, I mean, people will say all sorts of crazy things. I'm on a dance app and I'm a middle-aged guy, you know, doing stuff, you know. 
uh, I, I, but I, I do feel that I have built up a really interesting community that's supportive. Also, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my approach. So uh, there's two platforms, really, my main, my main platforms. It's Instagram and TikTok. The both both um, channels have interesting vibes. I feel like TikTok is generally younger. Instagram has maybe more established vegans, per se. It's, a, it's an older audience. What I do is, you know, I, I create 10 to 20 second videos. And... I like the fact that you create these really tight messages where there's no messing around. It's not like YouTube where people are like, oh, how you doing? Oh, it's raining outside. Da, da, da. You know, it's like, it's like, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to empower you right now. It's supercharged eight to 10 seconds of like information. You know, obviously there are longer videos, but and and actually i've been experimenting with pushing the, the the limit and you know if i find something that will go longer i definitely do longer videos as well but i really feel like my sweet spot my viral sweet spot is that 12 second video where i can tell a really quick sharp story i so and and get get people inspired so first of all it's a subject you know, I, I talk about everything in the food, the vegan food world. I mean, mostly food, but also I'll talk about like there's a situation with Amy's uh, labor issue. I w- I'll bring that up. I'll, I'll talk about vegan fast food. Usually, what I do is I shoot video and I just use my voice. I try not to show my face too much. So you know, I have a background in advertising, so it was easy for me to use my filmmaking superpowers to do this. But um, I, I just feel like the most important thing is to write down what your message is first before you do anything. Just write it down. Write it and revise it. Sometimes I, I'll, I'll write something, it'll be perfect. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and shoot this and do this. This is perfect. Sometimes I put it away. Sometimes I do ridiculous things. Sometimes I'll write a song, you know, and I'll do like a song parody and just have fun. Your videos that you do for social media, number one, should have some type of attention-getting device from the, in the first three seconds something provocative a question something that you know something that gets people interested could be a visual thing i think it's important that your 12 to 15 second video tells a complete story and then number 3 is 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 that it will achieve some kind of goal you know that it, you know my, my i want people to feel a certain way a lot of the, you know interesting thing about feeling okay yeah we can say things but does can we make people feel and i feel like that's the essence of a viral video if you can make people feel a lot of times it's outrage you know i mean but i try not to harness outrage as much as i can because i feel like there's too much outrage in the world right now but yeah, keep it brief and as simple as possible. Okay, once I write it down, I know I have something that works. I'll shoot it. I'll shoot a video. A lot of times it's food. Sometimes, like recently, I did a video where I went to this place called Follow Your Heart, which is this big, um, well, it's a, it's a cafe that was born in the 60s. And we all know Follow Your Heart products. Follow Your Heart products are like uh, the, you know, the Follow Your Heart cheese and your, 
your follow your heart uh, veganese, you know, the, the, and uh, the situation was this video was, you know, other than just being a video of like, there's awesome food at Follow Your Heart Cafe because there is. It's here. It's, it's in Canoga Park. It's been there from the '60s. I don't even know how it still exists because it's sort of trapped in time in an area that's keeps it constantly changing, filled with chain uh, places. But Follow Your Heart, the corporation, you ran and still runs this cafe. They sold their brand to a factory corporation called Dannon which is this huge European factory dairy conglomerate. But they still maintain this cafe and this market. And uh, so, so I felt like there was, it, was, it was an interesting story. So instead of just saying, oh, I have had great food at this cafe, I began to think about the relationship between, let's say, like, I don't know, these 60s, 70s hippies that had ideals and then made products that inspired a lot of people that created kind of this plant-based revolution. And the, 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 the most interesting part of the story was when I was going out into the parking lot, I saw Bob Goldberg, who is one of the original founders of Follow Your Heart. And I just, I said hi to him and I said, oh, well, you know, I'm always inspired by what you do. And he was very nice. And he drove off on this like really expensive hot rod Tesla. So it's just, just kind of, I just felt like that was just like a perfect poetic moment that kind of encapsulated this kind of hippie culture kind of thing that kind of sold out. <laughs> I did that in 27 seconds. Instead of saying, hey, this is great food, I'm like, okay, let me write this little story about how um, Follow Your Heart, you know, not not criticizing Follow Your Heart, but saying it's going to be different because they sold their property to a large dairy conglomerate. And, and the other argument is, okay, well, yeah, big corporations that are bent on cruelty are, you know sucking up all of the great vegan brands, but also that these vegan brands are going to be closer to the reach of so many people. So, so more, more people will be able to have follow your heart mayonnaise and follow your heart cheese. And you can look at it either way. You can look at it as, as the death of a really cool independent company, or you can look at it as a way that more people can get plant-based options. Thank you so much, Jason, for your for your time. Um, we'll do if, if everyone has a moment, can uh, say thank you, turn on your cameras and say thank you to Jason here. And uh, what I'll do is I'll share his email address with everyone um, if you want to, if you're okay with that, Jason. Yeah, yeah, cool. It's just veganhackspod at gmail.com. So, and then also follow me on, on the socials if you want to see my videos and what I do.